When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike. Sabres after dark here. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's some tech issues. I had two roller hockey games today. Uh, did not prevent me from watching the game. Streamed it from the bench. And actually, the game was put on hold for 15 minutes, essentially, between, between both overtime and the shootout. Because we were all half, half, like almost each team was... In this, it, it, like the way the rink is set up, they have the score box in the middle, but each each bench is pretty much connected, and we're all huddled around a phone streaming the game, watching that take place, and just absolute bliss when Katie, Casey Middlestat scored the eventual game winner, and then obviously um, Devin Levi coming up huge. Uh, Curls, thanks for hopping on, thanks for holding up and uh, working through the th- working through the difficulties. Yeah, had to do it. That's as big of a win uh, the Sabres have had in 10 years, maybe maybe 12. Who knows? Uh, but we're not dead yet. Um, I was pretty worried about that at, at actually happening tonight, especially going into that third period. Uh, Levi came up massive in the beginning of the third period. I think oh my God. Through. seven to nothing to begin the third period. Yeah, seven to nothing to begin the third period in a must-win do-or-die game. But thankfully, the team woke up and they created some chances, and Middlestat uh, came through as he as he has uh, many times in the past couple of weeks. He, he's taken his game to another level. But yeah. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I do think the Sabers deserve to win tonight. They outshot the Rangers by I think twelve or fourteen. The rest of the game was relatively even. They started out really hot. Obviously, the second period wasn't great, but they showed up when they needed to, and they got it done. And it's it's really remarkable what they've been able to put together the past couple of weeks. And they've given themselves a shot here, a legitimate shot. And they got some help tonight. So all in all, uh, an incredible night and three games left. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they got all the help they needed. Right. I mean, the only way this could have gone better is if the Panthers could have got that done in regulation, not giving I mean, I'm sorry, the Maple Leafs could have got that done in regulation, not giving the Panthers a loser point. But still, you gain points on both teams. Uh, you know, the Islanders, the Panthers, um, and I believe the Panthers t- schedule does get tougher, tough from here so on they, out. They have one game left at home against the Hurricanes on Thursday. That's not going to be an easy game. No. So if they not. lose that game, it's very, I mean, you have two games essentially to get this done, right? Yeah. You, have, you have the Senators, you have the Devils, no, you have three games, Senators, Devils, Blue Jackets. In in, in uh, chronological order, Devils Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Senators Thursday, Blue Jackets Friday. Uh, so you can get to 93 points, um, the Sabres can. Uh, the Panthers currently have 92. The Isles have 91, and the Pe- uh, Penguins have 90. Um, the Penguins have two games left. The Islanders have one game left against uh, the Canadians on the road on Wednesday. And the Panther- Panthers, like we had, one, one game left against the Hurricanes on Thursday. The Penguins unfortunately, uh, play the Blackhawks tomorrow night and the Blue Jackets on Thursday. So mm-hmm. relatively easy schedule for them, but at the same time, like they have not been playing well at all. Um, they've been in somewhat of a free fall for a couple of weeks now, and it seems mm-hmm. like 
as legendary as a lot of guys on those teams that that team is, they seem a little bit checked out. They don't have the goaltending. They don't have the depth that they used to. So I'm not entirely worried given how easy their schedule is. I think they easily could lose one of those two games. So, yeah, I mean, all the Sabres can do is continue to win. And And they have got to take care of business. See where the chips fall. And uh, it's pretty crazy that our best chance to do that is with a rookie goaltender, 21 years old, five NHL starts under under his belt, four and one. And the teams he's beaten, he's beaten the Rangers twice, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, UPL was the Flyers. Uh, Who would the the fourth game be? And then it was God. I can't think right now. Uh, that we beat the Red Wings seven to six, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was. I mean, that's probably his his worst game. Even he would tell you like he would like probably two or three of those back in the Red Wings game. Mm-hmm. But he's largely come up big in every single situation. The high danger mm-hmm. chances, what the Sabers weren't getting, those big saves and timely moments, he's giving them to him and. It's a legitimate conversation. Don Granato said it after the game. He's not going to rule it out. He's going to start starting tomorrow against the Devils. And after what we saw tonight. How do you no, not start him? How could you not, number one? Number two, no travel. They're taking a bus over new, uh, to, to Newark tonight. They'll yep. have all day tomorrow. He doesn't have to do a morning skate. Uh, the run that he was on at the end of the game. I mean, both goals tonight. Like, I think maybe the first one he, he might want back. It's a good shot by Panarin. Blocker dot. Uh, I don't know how. You can really fully blame him for that one. And then the second one is a howitzer one-timer, 100 miles an hour, top glove. No, literally no goal in the league is stopping no, that. No, no. First one, maybe. He he seems upset himself. Um, but at the same time, like, it is Artemi Panarin in a point-blank shot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and then he gave you every single save you needed aside from that, uh, the entire game. Um, so, yeah, I it's crazy to even think about. I mean, even going into this game, I, I thought no matter how he played, it was probably not within the realm of possibility that he could start tomorrow night against the Devils. But now yeah. you look at it and you don't – who would you even play and feel good about? Like, I've almost forgotten about all the other goalies. To be yeah, it's – I don't know, man. I, I, I just, like – now I'm kind of torn when it comes to the Ottawa game, right? You want to give it to Craig if he's healthy, but you also don't, you want to give it to the goalie who's leading the way. So, you know, how do you feel about that situation? Because for me personally, as much as I love how Devin's playing, if this is indeed Craig's last run, I think he should get the Senators game. Yeah, I wouldn't, I I agree, but I don't know if he would tell them that number one, I think he's selfless enough that number one, if he's not a hundred percent, I don't think he would do it. Number two, I think he knows what's best for the team and he cares about this group. And even in the short time he's been there, you've heard stories, you've read articles about how much he's already mentored Devin Levi and the advice that he's given him, the conversations Uh that they've had uh, Levi asking him attached to his hip, asking him tons of questions and that's been noticeable since he's since he's arrived. So I really I do think that if it was up to Craig, he wouldn't say this is my net tonight. I really don't, to be honest. I think Donnie might want to do it. I think Kevin might want to do it. Maybe even the team might want to have that be like you we've talked about a storybook situation. Yeah. If, if they win on Tuesday and they get all the help they need, both Tuesday and Wednesday, and that's another must-win game with a legitimate shot to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. On a day of rest, I don't know how you you don't play Devin Levi. Yeah, it it for me it'd be tough. It'd be tough not to play Levi. Um, yeah, we're we're talking, here. Three games awesome. in four days, and we're talking about playing him tomorrow night on a back to back. Like this doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, this, he it, went toe to toe with Igor Shosturkin tonight. Yeah, in Madison Square Garden. In Madison Square Garden, a top three goalie in the league. I was talking with a friend the other day. There's only four goalies in the league where you can consider a bell cow guys that you're going to start every single game in the yeah. playoffs. And there's no question whatsoever. It's just mm-hmm. It's Hellebuck. It's Vasilevsky. And um, it's Sorokin. Those are the four. And you could, you could have conversations yeah. about other, mm-hmm. other guys, but right now those are the four. I think and, Levi's a bell cow. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like this is, I know, that's like, I'm, he's, I'm just getting there before you do. Yeah, that's exactly like you need to treat it like a playoff series. 
Like, yeah. this is a back-to-back. Like, it doesn't happen often in the playoffs. But he is your bell cow right now. you got to ride him. You obviously don't want him to get hurt, but he's 21 years old, and the dude is a physical freak. Yeah. So, like, I don't – there's not much risk as far as I'm concerned from that standpoint. Yeah, and um, that that top line with Casey swapped in, that's it's working. I thought at one point maybe you would see Donnie go back to Tage there just because I think Tage is – he's not 100%. No. But he's – as healthy as he's going to get. I thought maybe they'd put him back out there to get that line going again, but sure. you stay patient and it worked out. And, you know, Casey's came up with a huge goal through track, you know, found a puck through traffic, just the way JJ Paterka did. And then, you know, get that, get that game to overtime, at least get the, the, the first point. And then I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I'm not saying you shouldn't go with Tage Thompson in a shootout. You should. But I need him to start. I, I need to stop just shooting. The guy's got such insane wingspans and insane yeah. hands. And just get that goalie moving side to side and just pull it around the pad, much like what Panarin tried to do with Levi. But you have that insane reach to tuck that puck around. I mean, you know, as a goaltender, man, guys with that type of wingspan, you know, in one-on-one with, with nobody rushing you, with no, he's all the time in the world, that, that's a tough – that's a tall ask. Talk for, sure. for whatever you want to. I, agree with yeah. I think he just trusts his shot a lot, which why wouldn't you if you were him? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, you you would, I, I would say his hands are arguably as good as his shot, or maybe even better. So, yeah, I've been at least slightly disappointed in his choice of shootout moves in the past couple of weeks. But at the same time, like, a lot of great players aren't necessarily good in shootouts. Yeah. Um, we've seen it with Jack Quinn, even tonight. Like, he tried the same move he tried the other night, and it didn't necessarily work out. Uh, I think Shisterkin kind of knew it was coming, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I study these, these film before games. But Owen Power. Yeah, I was not expecting me? that. Are you was not expecting me? that? That is such a ballsy move by Tom Granado. Yep. <laughs> to throw, I mean, if it didn't work out, we probably would have questioned it. But even, like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, all right, he's definitely got something. And the way he hesitated – he even I even thought the puck almost went backwards for a second, but uh, the hesitation, the patience, and he just he slotted it top glove. Uh, just turking afterwards, he was like a statue. He couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was incredible. Like I, I don't know. You don't uh, have any film on that guy. You have no film on that guy, so you've no, no idea what whatsoever. Yeah, and he knew exactly what he was doing. Obviously, uh, yeah, that is just such a courageous move um, from mm-hmm. your coach or whoever's making those decisions. Um, we were here two weeks ago complaining about how he he didn't put Quinn until fourth. Um, yeah. That feels that feels like a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it it was. But I mean, you know, it's what it is. I I think that it's it's admirable that they're fighting as hard as they are. They you can tell they clearly are so close and they want it so badly. And they, maybe obviously it's not it's still not that realistic, but. To be on this run, to play meaningful games all the way to the end of the season is such a huge step. It's such a massive, massive step for the development of these guys who, for the most part, are younger than 23 years old. It's mm-hmm. it's really incredible, and it's going to mean so much more next year when hopefully it's the actual playoffs and and not uh, just trying to get in. So, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah uh, I know we have we have uh, you know I'm surprisingly. 15, 15 watching right now on YouTube. Uh, thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, hit that like button. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, it really does help us a lot. So I uh, appreciate you guys sticking around with us. Sabres beat the uh, the New York Rangers for the second time in what, two weeks now? Yeah, two weeks? Uh, week and a half. <laughs> week and a half. Uh, second time in a week and a half. 3-2 in a shootout. Uh, Devin Levi with 26 saves on 28 shots and absolutely a brick wall. Uh, I, I bet I bet him to get 27 saves tonight. Huh? I uh, I made a bet that he would get 27 saves tonight. Get out of here. Yeah. That that oh man that had to be that's rough. really tough. I bet the under with uh, Levi 27 saves, and the way that shots are counted in this league, like I'm sure that he got it at some point. It just wasn't recorded, which I'm like really upset about. But no big deal. I I, I here's the thing too with that, and it happened against the, his debut against the Rangers because he had like two shots in the opening period, but he made a couple of glove saves. The shots were deemed to be going wide, but in my opinion, that should still count as a save because who knows what happens with that puck. If it hits the backboard, it still goes to a Rangers player. 
ends up in sure. opportunity. In my opinion, that should be a save. It's really subjective the way that they score these things. Yeah, I agree. Um, but and they you change them all the time too. But on three different sites, it says twenty six. So it's unfortunate. It's a bad beat, but you know that's why you don't bet on sports. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I felt pretty good about the under just from a from a game perspective going in. Mm-hmm. The two games before this were three to two overtime loss, and then uh, over no two to one overtime loss a few weeks ago, and then three to two just this past uh, two yep. Fridays ago. So. In especially given the stakes of the game, like the Rangers were, are still playing for something. They're a point out. Uh, I think it's 109, 107, 106 or something in the in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the Rangers were resting their starters and didn't have anything to play for. They legitimately, and you could tell after the first period, they woke up and they realized, okay, like we have to start playing now. And that's when they exactly. took it away. But that makes it all that more impressive that it's against another playoff team, just like the Hurricanes on Saturday. You play your best game and you show that you can compete with these teams. It's it's really, really impressive from this young group. Got a question here from Gargalon. I don't know why everyone doesn't go in with speed in the shootout. Isn't that harder to play for a goaltender? Uh, yes and no. Um, yeah, I would say it really depends. Uh, depends on the move. It depends on the shot. Uh, but... it, it, it also depends. I think if you come in with speed coming in wide, I think that makes it a little more difficult than coming just straight on. Um, the goal there is obviously to get the goalie moving. Uh, you know, get them uncomfortable. You know, I personally, you know, with the whole Kuznetsov thing, there's been a lot of talk about that. You know, we, we've talked about on the show about making it, giving a time clock from the second you touch the puck, five seconds to shoot the puck. I'd love, and we, we've talked about this so much about Levi and his, his edge work, his footwork, and his patience and his depth control. I would absolutely love to see Kuznetsov try that on Devin Levi because I think his patience and his control and his depth and just, I think, I personally think he'd stone him. Yeah, I do too. And I, I, the best example was tonight with with Patrick Kane. Um, he tried something similar, not nearly as like exaggerated as Kuznetsov is in terms of the amount of time he waits. But Kane yeah. kind of made that move famous where he'd come in a little fast, put the brakes on, stick handle, stick handle. He didn't do his classic move tonight, but honestly, he might not even be able to anymore. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Levi tracked him the entire way and shut him down um just from a player perspective i mean slowing down technically gives yourself more options you're waiting for the goalie to bite so it's a it's a mexican standoff right like each guy is waiting for the other to make a move and as a goalie your talks a challenge get into your back pedal obviously control your depth but just kind of wait like you don't want to make the first move and what devin does so well is that he's able to come out as far as he does to cut down the angle for any type of shot. And he's just athletic enough to move back very quickly and also move from side to side. So he's, as we've, we saw it in college in the bean pot, we saw it in, um, we've seen it in three games so far. Like he's a very, very good breakaway goalie. Like aside from being generally a very good goalie, he's just as good specifically on breakaways, um, which you don't often see. And a lot of goalies really do struggle with it because it is kind of a mental game too. Like you're you're kind of questioning what a guy is going to do and how to read him, but he his reads are so good. And as we've discussed, his, his I just love watching his feet. Level. I love watching his feet, man, because yeah. like it's next level good, elite. It's crazy, you know. And you know, you, you see you see some of the people on Twitter and try to criticize. You know, we talked about it in the chat. You know, oh, he's too aggressive. He, like, yeah, he kind of has to be aggressive. He has to be aggressive. Bro, like, what's the alternative? Like, him staying in his net and getting snuck? Yeah, like, oh, he, like, he gets caught out of his net. Like, yeah, and so does every other goaltender. Yeah. So does every at, other goaltender. At the end of the day, that just puts pressure on the shooters. And yeah. you got you to gotta trust your defense at some point to cover the back. Yeah, and that's an adjustment for, for, for your blue line, too. Like, when they know that you have a goaltender, like, the Sabres had that with Hashik. Hashik yeah. was foot eleven. Like, you don't think his defenseman knew, like, yeah, he's going to be an aggressive goaltender. He has to be. You know, he's not a big guy. You don't think they they know that and kind of hang back and just cover those areas of the, below the dots where a puck could scoot loose in case of a broken up play and, mm-hmm. and Dom's caught out of position. I, like, I also, like, I do think he's going to learn that he, like, can't do that all the time. Like, this yeah. is, as we've discussed, his fifth it's, NHL game. Like, he's going to he's gonna learn about. the tricks of the trade even more than he already has. It's not something I'm remotely worried about at all. Um, I think personally, if you're asking me if there's one thing I've watched with him when it comes to improving on is 
you know, maybe a little bit of when it comes to playing the puck, there were a couple of times last game and tonight where a puck was dumped in and he had more than enough time to go back there and stop it and kind of, you know, disrupt the breakout, you know, the chip and chase that the Rangers then, and then Carolina was trying and he was a little hesitant to do it. I think that'll come with time. But if you were to ask me to criticize, I, I think that'd be the only thing I could honestly think of. It's just, you know, maybe that, but yeah. again, that comes with experience and time and, you know, a little bit more, you know, confidence in going out there and doing it. But no, it's, it's a tough thing to do because the last thing you want to do is obviously mishandle the puck and put yourself exactly. in yeah. a bad position. So especially as a young goalie, like he's got to, I encourage him to stay in his net as much as possible. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I, I guess I'm just more referencing, you know, I, I, there was one glaring time they, they, they played, they were dumping the puck in and he just kind of watched his scooter on the back of his net and kind of put his defenseman in a position where uh, he had a guy, he had a guy chasing. And the second, I forget who, which I might've been uh, Henry was bodied on immediately. And then it was a, a giveaway and a, you know, a, a scoring chance for, for Carolina. Um, but I mean, regardless, again, that'll come with time. So for sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm just a big goal. I love playing the puck. I love being a guy to, to, who disrupts the breakout and that's just me. Honestly, like I, I've always despised coming out of my net. Cause that's where I, I feel at most home and mm-hmm. I was a shitty player. So that's why I played goalie and yeah. uh, nothing about it makes sense to me, but of course you want to stop it behind the net if you can on yeah. a hard dump it. Like yeah. that is, F- it's, from, it's just a common courtesy really. And yeah. you don't even necessarily have to have breakout passes no. or, or a hard shot, but from Northeast- yeah, it'll from come a time from Northeastern hockey blog. Even after he leaves, Devin Live is still breaking Northeastern program records. With his fourth win in just five NHL games, he breaks the NHL for breaks record for NHL wins by a goalie in, uni, in Northeastern University history. So obviously they haven't sent a lot of goalies to the NHL. But he say, be the they, only, they only had a guy with three. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Especially from such wow. a good program. But I guess they've only really come on in the past 15 to 20 years. So yeah. So yeah. that's just a little little feather to add to his cap and, you know, winning another Mike Richter award, a couple clicks for him there. Uh, but like, I just, you know, just keeps getting bigger. I saw a hilarious meme for all the shit we get used to give Casey Middlestat before this season. I was always the top of that list because I always felt that Casey just never came like physically in, in good enough shape. You yeah. know, you got, you saw guys that are on this roster now, Dylan Cousins this season put on weight. Uh, you know, Darlene in his second professional season put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. The guy was looking at like Ivan Drago, uh, in a couple of his uh, off season pictures. Um, and Casey was always just 180, 190 pounds soaking wet. And just, I always felt like he wasn't putting the work in away from the ice. And this year he put the work in, uh, there's a lot of things that's improved about his games. There's things you can nitpick too, but, um, I think that he's really finally found his groove. He's healthy. And, um, you know, he's put the work in away from the ice. And I guess, and I said this, I said this in the last, I'll hang up and listen. And I, it, it's so true. The easiest way to figure out what type of a player you have is have them face adversity, have them put, have their back against the wall. Um, and I think Casey coming into the season realized that, um, he knows JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn were going to be on this team. He, he plays the center ice position. He's seen them draft four centers in the last two drafts. These guys are going to be vying for roster spots next year. And he understood that I really have to a play a full season, stay healthy and b be the player that they drafted me to be, even though I don't know if he'll ever be that guy, but you give me a Casey middles. That's going to put up anywhere between 50 and 60 points a season. I'll sign him for an extension tomorrow. Exactly. Even for what he's making right now, it's, it's, it's a bargain already. Uh, yeah. I think Darlene mentioned it after this past game on Saturday. Like he's been one of the hardest workers on the team this entire season. He has to be. Yeah, yeah and then, exactly. Be. And that's like, that's the difference. Like he's of course, like his cardio's probably much better. He, you can tell that he's stronger, his playmaking and he's seeing the ice. He at, looks bigger uh, too. He, he looks bigger and he just looks like a more complete player. As we've said, like, of course his goal scoring could get a little bit better, but that's not necessarily what we even thought he was when we drafted him. I would say like in the world juniors in, in high school uh, when he was his top prospect, 
he was making plays. Of course, it was against a lower level of competition, but like that's what he is. Like he's a very good playmaker and he's a smart hockey player and he sees the ice really well. And now that he's on the top line with Skinner and Tuck, like you can tell the level of the game that he can take it to. Like these past two weeks, I think he has 12 points in the last eight games or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's a point per game place and that he potentially could get to next season. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, like he takes a lot of shit. And that that comes with the territory of being a top 10 pick in the league, yeah. not necessarily living up to expectations as quick as some people would want. But yeah. like the fan base is impatient and like that's what happens. Rightfully so, though. But he's he's been amazing the past couple of weeks and I'm really happy for him. Seems like a good kid. He's worked really hard. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's come through big. He really has. Yeah. And um, again, he came to the NHL right away. He didn't really play any any time at any time in the AHL, his his real rookie year because he played, I think seven eight games at the end of the season after he signed his uh, pro contract, uh, you know, out of Minnesota. Realistically, he probably should have stayed one more year in Minnesota. Um, sure. You know, at eighteen years old, I just wasn't ready size and just maturity to play in the NHL. Uh, even though fans were kind of in awe because he did have like four goals in five games or whatever it was. Yeah, in uh, that for, in those first stretch of games, but I, I I genuinely thought that many other people thought he should have gone back to Minnesota and chased another national cha- chase the national championship because I, I think it did his his game world uh, like very well just like Devin this year when he went back to school I think he benefited from that for sure. Um, absolutely you know getting opportunities i didn't get to the previous year because you know he was over in beijing during the bean pot that was one of his bucket list things he wanted to go back and do and again lead his team to to make a run at a national championship obviously they fell short of that but you know that definitely wasn't on him they just couldn't before um but yeah just um what you know going into tomorrow against the devils obviously like you said we'll have levi in that um would you change anything with this lineup right now i don't think so i really don't like I, as we've said like tage is definitely not 100 percent, and which makes this even more amazing that uh the sabers best player is not even i'd say 75 percent, to be honest the way that yep. we've seen him at different points this season um so i think keeping him on the wing, keeping him away from the top defensive lines, obviously no face-offs. He's not taking as, as, as much of a, a battering as he normally would. Um, I would say that the chemistry of that top line, as we've discussed with Casey is really good right now. And given how well he's playing, I, I think it would probably not be the best decision to, to like take that momentum away from him. And I think those bottom two lines are working well together too. I, I mean, Oposo Gergensen's and Jost and are in Krebs and then the Jost line as well. I think they're playing about as good of a role as they possibly can from for what they're being asked to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the defense for the most part, this, uh, Red Wings game aside, has been largely very good. I think this is probably the best defensive lineup we could put out there at mm-hmm. this point. I think keeping Darlene and Power together is amazing. Um, that is just to infinity and beyond. Like, what? how else could you have a better defensive pairing than those two yeah. together? Uh, so, yeah. Like, this is – like, there's three games left. Like, potential – like, hopefully they all matter. But tomorrow, specifically, is your season's oh. on the line once again. So They reported they reported today that they had this, a Zoom call with, with Ryan Johnson and his agents. And, yep. I mean, do you think he signs? Yeah, I, I do think he signs. Um I don't know what the process would be like. I, I I mean, he finished his season on Saturday. So as we saw with Levi, like it takes a nice uh, Matthew Nye's sign with, 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 uh, yeah. I immediately. Yeah. I just, um, I, I don't see what like Ryan Johnson looking at this lineup, like you got to think that you have a pretty good shot to start next season. Like, I don't well, know if I mean, you might get games in this season. If this if, is what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean, like, yeah, it really he depends. Out, if, they, if he were to sign tonight, I'm not saying he goes into the lineup tomorrow. No, but, but Thursday, have to, Friday, yeah. Yeah. You'd have to imagine that they would take their chances with the kid over Jacob Bryson over, you know, well, Bryson hasn't been playing. Well, no, but, yeah. but you know what or I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, First sure. guy up, 
you know, you know, uh, it was so it was it was Stillman. Who is Stillman paired with tonight? Labushkin. Labushkin. That pair has been hit and miss, but they they have they've been as a third line third line uh, a third pairing haven't been terrible. No. Um, so then with Samuelson and Yoki, are you? Yep. I mean. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he probably wouldn't. He probably wouldn't get in this lineup. No, right. and it'd be tough. I think it's tougher for a defenseman. I really do. Yeah, uh, especially with no NHL experience. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's at least a conversation to have. And uh, the, at the at the end of the day, you just want him to sign because you not you want another top prospect in your system. So we'll see what yeah. happens. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, you don't. Um, I can see yeah. them wanting to sign him now, just because you don't want to take the chance of going into the off season and then you know him having a change of heart. Yeah. Absolutely, um, I think they do whatever they can. And they he he's not under twenty-one either. No, so yeah, he would. The second the second that ink dries on the contract, he's his first year is burned, whether he plays a minute or not. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I mean they just went toe to toe with one of the best teams in the league uh, in a must-win situation. They came back for, I think it was the fourth time all season after trailing going into the third period. Like as much adversity as they've as they've dealt with, I think as we've seen many times, like when a team gets up on the Sabres and they're allowed to be physical with them and keep them in the neutral zone, clog it up, have them dump and chase and play that type of physical game. Like I was worried they weren't going to get a scoring chance, let alone score a goal for, for the first like seven, eight minutes of that third period. So for them to be able to do that and use this momentum going into tomorrow against a very good team, but also a team that's like very similar to, to what you are, like very mm-hmm. young, offensively focused, goaltending's not great. Like they have a lot of talent, but at the end of the day, like I feel better about the Sabres playing the Devils than I do the Rangers. So, yeah, I think you you ride this wave, same momentum. I, I think Donnie had to say like, yeah, it's not another question, but like they're gonna play him tomorrow, obviously. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I really do think you use the same one and and you run it back. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm searching Twitter to see if there's any updates since six hours ago on Lance Lyasowski. Tweeted that out. And I haven't seen anything yet. Um, again, I, I just, I, 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 you know, you got Gargalant here said he's heard rumors that they might walk away from him and just take the pick. I, that would be a second round pick, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. That I mean, right. I, I think they would rather have Ryan Johnson to be 100% honest. I think so too. Uh, he played really, really well in the NCAA tournament. So yes, he did. I, uh, I, I hope, uh, I hope it happens. Ugh. Um, but, um, who do we get in net tomorrow then for the devils? They, they, they play tonight. I don't think they played tonight. They, gosh. Um, it's, I mean, so they did not play tonight. They played Saturday. So yeah, they got, I mean, yeah, it's got, it's gotta be Vanacek. Um, he's been their guy all season. Well, Blackwood played on Saturday, so it's not out of the question, but I would say that it's probably going to be Vanacek, which yeah. you know, solid goalie, but he's not Shesterkin. No, I don't. I don't you're not better goalie, so no. you just you passed your toughest test, got two hardworking good goals in front of the net, and then also two shootout goals from unlikely candidates. Is anything so is anything on the line for them in the standings, win or lose? Yeah, so they're. Uh, they're at the top of the central division right now with, I think, 109 points. They have 109. Oh, actually, no. The, the So the Hurricanes have 109. The Devils have 108. And the Rangers have 107. Um, Devils and Canes both have two games left. Rangers have one game left. So Rangers are – it really depends on what happens, but they're likely out of it as far as winning the division is concerned. And that second spot, of course – meaningful game tomorrow night for, for yeah that. of course like you want that second spot for home ice advantage um and they still have a legitimate chance to win the the metropolitan so yeah this is it's a big deal for them uh i but, can't honestly i can't wait to watch that first round in the metro you know those two metro teams it's going to be probably yeah, who it is yeah, new jersey and the rangers and yeah that's going to be an absolute bloodbath and i can't wait for sure um but honestly at this point, I just I just want the right to play the best team in NHL history. Just just give it just give me the chance. The Bruins, they're setting records at 
an ungodly pace. And if Here's you get Devin Le- you. if you get Devin Levi to a playoff series against the Bruins, I just want to see what happens. Here's a question for you: If if all the stars align, Buffalo makes the playoffs, breaks the playoff drought. Would you put? Would you feel? Because and I I kind of agreed with a buddy of mine from earlier. I think if Boston plays Tampa in the first round, they're either sweeping or winning that series four games to one. Because I just watched Tampa, and they just look so gassed. Well, they have like no chance. Play, they have no chance to play Tampa. But wouldn't it be Tampa? No, Boston would. They play the the lowest wild card team because they have the most points in the uh, Tampa. Tampa's playing Toronto, no matter what. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Never mind. No, that that was the conversation we had. Toronto. Toronto. Toronto yeah, because he said he think he, he. Yeah. So. Guy who runs guy who runs our, our league uh, flowers. He said that he thinks Toronto will break the play the first round playoff drought because uh, they'll sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I don't think it'll be a sweep, just given the the pedigree of that team. Uh, I think how much, how much... Will be an issue for Toronto. Yeah, and exactly like Toronto. Toronto is the same story every single postseason. Yeah, like who who do they start? They probably start Samsona, uh, but you don't feel great about that. And then you go to Murray, and then. Who knows what you're going to get from that? Yeah, uh, they have a lot of talent, obviously. Think, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a sweep. I really, don't. I think, I think, Ta- I think Tampa is. Just, they look a team that's so so fucking gassed right now, for sure. And, and like the amount of games they've played over the past four years, three to four seasons, yeah, yeah. like it, it makes sense why they would be. Um, but you also like have Vasilevsky in that, and he well, that's another point. Single too, game is I think if Vasilevsky turns, you know, becomes who he is in the playoffs. It doesn't really matter. I wish I'd say it doesn't really matter how good or bad Tampa plays because that is like that is one of the goalies, the few goalies in the NHL that can steal you a series no matter who they're playing against. Exactly. So yeah, I I think that goes to six or seven no matter what. I really do. Yeah. Um, but out of all the teams that are vying for that well, whoever gets it, whether it's us, whether it's the Islanders, whether it's uh. Uh, the Panthers, who do you feel the most comfortable with that would put up the biggest fight against the Bruins? Hmm. Um, probably the Panthers, just with the amount of skill that they have, uh, the, the pedigree of that team. Like we've said, the President's Trophy winning team last year, they just got off to a slow start, and I think they're probably playing their best hockey right now. You see the other nine stuff, they can win a close, tight defensive game. And they also have one of the best players in the league in Kachuk. I think that Bobrovsky was a poor guy who was born to play in the playoffs, man. He has, especially exactly, the- he's exactly that type of guy. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and Barkov's a, he's a leader. He's been there forever. They have a really good offensive defenseman, offensive defenseman on their team. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think, I mean, Sorokin's the best goalie, uh, but I think the Islanders are extremely middle of the road aside from him um it was so, funny to see yeah, it, was funny, it was funny to see kapka fucking uh uh shit the bed in the in the masters because uh ever since he posted ever since he showed up to that panthers game with a pylon uh ekblad's gone on a seven or eight game uh point streak and he yeah. he, he blew out as a four or five stroke lead in the masters in the final round yeah. love to see it so karma's karma's a bitch bud yeah, um, I absolutely. agree. I agree. I think it's the Panthers specifically because of a guy like Kachuk who could go out there and play that style of playoff hockey, especially in the first round, um, could cause a lot of problems for the Bruins. But I think momentum is a is a real thing going into the playoffs. And the way if Buffalo were to win out and go after tonight, that would put them eight, nine, ten, one and one uh, going into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, a goaltender yeah. who's absolutely out of his mind. I think I'm not saying they'd win, but I, they I think they could cause some problems for the. Yeah, no, I, I think that the Sabers could give the Bruins just as much trouble as as uh, as the Panthers. Um, like yeah. you said, like uh, riding a hobbly on the streak like that, and a guy who hasn't played as much as anybody else in the league um, as far as um, playing the the sheer amount of games. I mean. I guess it really depends on how you equate the level of play and the amount of wear and tear on his body from the college season. But those games, I mean, I, I would say not he's not putting nearly as much stress 
mentally and physically on his body as, as he is um, during an NHL season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're catching lightning in a bottle right now. And if they're able to ride it all the way to that first round, like it's not out of the question. I think there's absolutely no chance they could beat the Bruins in a seven game series. Like, but even if they won two games, like that would be an accomplishment. Like that would be like something to like really, really cheer for and like use his momentum going into next season. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? You just got to get in and see what happens. And that's all we're, that's all we're hoping for right now. And the fact that, we're not dead yet and that it's still alive and we're looking at the schedule and we're uh, using the equations in our brains to try to figure out what needs to happen. It's fun. It's, it reminds me of glory days. It really does. Like it, yeah. it's, it's really amazing. Gargalon, if we beat the devils, can we still be eliminated tomorrow? I don't believe so. No, no, I think even potentially even getting one point tomorrow, I think we're fine. Um, but yeah, it's essentially um, if you lose, you're done. So, Gotta gotta get a Correct. point and see see what happens. Yep. So uh I mean do you got anything else? No, I think I'm good. Um I guess I just want to point out uh that one sequence of saves that, that uh Levi made. I think it was in the second period where it was the cross uh cross size pass, uh split with his uh left leg, makes the save. He's on the ground and it immediately goes out to the slot and he's not even fully set yet, but he gets up as quickly as he possibly can, gets his glove up, makes a windmill save and the puck gets out of the zone. Uh, it's one of the better sequence of saves athletically I've seen in a really long time, mostly because of how quick it was and how uh, sequentially uh, fast they happened one right after the other. But that just shows you everything you need to know about him as a goalie. Yeah. Question for him. Am I coming in clear right now? Uh, you broke up for a second there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me now? I got you. You're a little delayed, but I can hear okay. you. Yeah, I'm having some tech issues here. Yeah, I'm having some tech issues here again. Am I good now? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. This sequence of saves at the end the second period was um, unbelievable phenomenal um the it was the the pad save and then straight in i forget who was taking the shot from the high slot and the you know he got it with the glove um just unbelievable uh and then carrying that over to the third period uh you know obviously down two to one i mean it could have easily been four to one at the end of the second period if it wasn't for Devin levi and uh you know, carrying that play over to the third and just shutting the shutting the door for those, that 20 minutes, you know, obviously a nice power play opportunity for there for Buffalo and overtime um, couldn't get it done, um, but shuts the door again, the shootout Owen power of all people and Casey Middlestat, you know, showing off his hands, the hands that we've, you know, we've all known he's had. And again, I think I'd like to see him even featured more in the shootout yeah. as well. They used to, they used to uh, a lot, tough but I think uh, they got away from it for a little bit, but yeah, now that he has the confidence by yeah. all means. So I'm going to pull up here real quick. Uh, just the uh, saves in question before we get out of here, because again, um, unbelievable um, effort here from Devin Levi to shut the door. Uh, give me one second here. So there we go. Just this is incredible. Panarin again. Why wouldn't they? With already a two-goal night. Levi. Big pad save. Rewind that one more time here. Two-goal night. Levi stretching out to make that stop on the puck over the net. Back in front. He does it again. I'm going to eventually uh, get the replay from the NHL YouTube from the, from the highlights that they tweet out. I hope they have it, uh, the, behind that, but the behind the net look at that. It's insane. The amount of uh, ground he covered in those, like, five to seven seconds and his yeah, positioning and his ability to get in front of the puck and stay square and stay alert and just be ready for any, any type of situation. It's, it's really impressive. And that first save too, like he was, you know, he wasn't in a very comfortable position to recover and get out to the top of his paint, past the top of his paint the way he did. 
but he's just so fucking athletic and just just popped right out, pushed off hard off that left foot, and met him top top of the crease and stoned him. Got that glove yeah. out. Um, I, I I mean, granted, the Panarin shot is just no goaltender in live is say making that save on that second goal. I think he's you know got one of the best gloves in the league, man. And you ever notice when he makes a glove save? Always a windmill. Well, not even just that. Not even just that. He always this is like the where where it ticks with the goaltender. He does it every time. Immediately C cuts hard, goes right to the net, grab, pops his stick in his pad, drinks water. Oh, uh, real quick, uh, around him. I, I don't know if you addressed it on Saturday, but water bottle gate. Like what the fuck happened? Yeah, what is that all about? So my dad said that he's putting it upside down so that it potentially would put water onto the ice behind the net, which I don't know why he would want that because his defensemen are mostly behind the net and he wouldn't want the, the ice to be wet and potentially cause a turnover back there. Um, and also those water bottles have a thing in them that you need to press it so that the water comes out. So I don't think that's the case, but I saw someone say that he put it on top of his net and it was covering the camera or something, but given how weird he is about the whole situation, like, I don't think he would ever do anything intentionally so that he couldn't have his water for the rest of the game. Uh, it was, I, I heard about it cause I didn't see yeah. the, the end of the game. Saturday. I saw it too. He was going to put it, he was going to put it back in upside down the ref. He's like, no, no, but no, he, I mean, he did tonight though. Like I was watching tonight to see if he put it in upside down, he's putting it upside down the entire time. So that's definitely like a superstitious thing for him. But if it's not illegal, like, I don't know how one specific ref could say like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Right. It's horseshit. Like he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's fucking Devin Levi. Yeah. Um, question from Gargalot. Did anyone hear if Lingren is okay for taking a shot to the head? Um, I did not. I haven't seen anything. That did look scary. That Jeff Skinner, he, it was a full-on one T. Yeah. Uh, got, he got all of it. So I'm looking. I didn't see any blood, him. but uh, yeah, it didn't look good. So hopefully he's all right. Yeah. So, again, I'm not seeing anything. Um, trying to find any type of an update. Um, he did answer questions from the media following the game. So that's a good sign. Um, but not seeing anything in terms of how severe it was, but if he's talking to the media after the game, I'm assuming that, yeah. you know, he got, a, he got the extra effort award uh, before yeah. the game for the Rangers or something. So that tells you all you need to know about that guy. Yeah. He's going to be all right. Yeah. Let's go Buffalo. We're, I mean, here's like a 40 wins. I didn't even realize that's their 40 yeah. of the season. first time in like, I think it's 11 or 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be probably 2011. Right. I, I think that'd be 2011 is the last time they had 40 wins, which is small, wild. Small I mean, what victories were you, here. What were you we, doing in 2011? I was in college. I was, I was, I was a freshman in college. In college. I was a senior. Yeah. I was a senior. Um, Just starting my men's league career. <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, so, um, but yeah, that's such a cool feeling, you know, you know, right now, 40 and 32, you're going to finish with an above 500 record for the fucking first time. And who knows how long, I mean, there might've been one year after the 2011 year where they may, they might've finished above 500, just weren't close to a playoff spot. Probably not though, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I, I think had we, said this at the beginning of the season and said that we'd be sitting here having these conversations at this time of the year. Yep. Especially given the Devin Levi conversation, because there was so much hype. There was so much, so much expectations. It's crazy to feel tangibly that right now that that is our reality Mm -hmm. given what's happened in the past five games. Uh, Uh, Per, per NHL stats. This is from the Sabres PR. Devin Levi joined Scott Darling as the only goaltenders to earn at least Four wins and at least two of them in a shootout in their first five years. That feels like one of those kind of like made up thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's fine. True, like, like, yeah. I mean, it's sure it's cool, I guess. But I mean, I would have never, you know, what I mean, I would have never thought. Hmm, I wonder how many, like, where he sits amongst the all time all time goals. Like, yeah, no. uh, the cooler one I saw in his first four NHL starts, he was the only goalie with three wins and 120 plus saves in his first four NHL starts or something. Nuts. Which, which I, I think that's like obviously very impressive. 30 saves a game is yeah. is, is obviously very good. But uh yeah, save save percentage is back to 908. Um I think his goals against is just above three, but that's largely because of that gong show over Red Wings game, which I, I wouldn't even put mostly on him anyway. So no, no, he, you don't have to look at the numbers. I think he has 
four or five goal. Uh, I think it's 3.56 uh, saves above expected uh, from an analytics standpoint. Obviously very good. Uh, that's better than any Sabres goalie in a very long time. Right. So tells you all you need to know, but he's good and we love him. I I agree. Um, with that being said, I mean, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm kicked here. Uh, it's quarter after 12. Let's call it big one tomorrow. Call it. Yep. Call it. Get a good night's sleep. Get ready for tomorrow. Um, super pumped, uh, for sure. And, you know, I'll hang up and listen. Remember this and brought to you by outlet liquor, the place to buy a case on Georgia Boulevard for all your Sabres game night, game day needs, and hopefully Sabres playoff needs. Get over to Outlet Liquor. Uh, tell them Dwayne Curls and Cully from Two Goalies when Mike sent you, and uh, they'll take care of you. Um, yep, yeah, I'll uh, wish you all good night. Thanks for sticking around with us here. Uh, we, you know, topped out at about 25 live viewers tonight, which is pretty cool, considering we started as late as we did. Um, and you guys have a good night. Go Sabres. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had, oh, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.